Greetings. On behalf of Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center, we welcome you to the Movement Podcast. 2019 is the year of the team player, and Pastor Josh challenges us to connect, join, and serve in the local ministry to advance the kingdom of God. We're glad you're joining us today, so let's tune in to this week's message. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 2, and um, we can all be in prayer for those who have been devastated and hit by the hurricanes. Amen. Let's just be in prayer for them. So let's go over quickly Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 2. I want to talk today with the subject title of maybe. Say maybe. Say maybe doesn't sound too sure, doesn't it? Amen. And so we're going to talk today about that word because while we know that there are some things uh, in God that are very, really everything about God is certain, but sometimes because of a lack of information, there are some things that are uncertain. They don't really matter, ultimately speaking, but there are some things that are uncertain. And I believe, as I talked last week, that one of the kind of the troubles that we have with planting and committing is that sometimes we're uncertain about some things in our life. Amen? And, and, it's, and, and I'll give you a couple examples of that later on just because I know sometimes sometimes we have to go on people's streets and drive into their driveways to find them. And so we're going to do that today. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be some humor involved. So we'll do that in just a moment. But I do want to read the scripture, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 2. And it says this. I have it on your outline. If you don't have an outline, just raise your hand so you can follow along with us. It says, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to what? To plant and a time to do what? To harvest. And last week we, we, we heard about how Jesus in John chapter 12 was referring to a kernel of wheat falling on the ground, being planted and dying. He actually was referring to himself. And he was saying that he would be planted and that he would die. And obviously, we just sang about him being a savior. And that's why he planted himself in order for new life to spring up. And how many know the new lives that sprung up was us? Amen. And the Bible says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. So, when, so Jesus literally was a seed. Amen. He is a seed. And he was sown so that we can have new life, so that we can have joy, so that we can have peace. Come on now. So that we can have prosperity, so that we can have the promises of God, so that we can have deliverance, so that we can have healing, so that generational habits can be broken. Come on now. He was the seed that was planted that would bring new life. And so Jesus, he talks about, we talked about that last week in John 12. He says, hey, man, if, unless a kernel of wheat falls on the ground and dies and is planted, it abides alone. But if it die, it produces a harvest. And, and so when we talk about being planted, essentially what we're going to be focusing on is the idea of commitment. It's another way of saying I'm committed. When I plant, I'm committed. Last week, I used the example of uh, one of the men that were here and I, I, he was a boxer. He said he was, so I had to believe him. And, um, and anyway, one of the things that we, we, we saw is that, and he didn't want to mess up his shoes either. That's another story. But we, we saw that when he was able to plant his feet, that his punch was that much more powerful. And so we realized that the power of his punch was in the planting of his feet. And so sometimes we realize that a lot of our the strength that we want will not come until we truly commit and submit to the things of God. Amen. 
And so commitment is critical in order for us to see the fullness of God released in our life. Let me give you an example. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9. In Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, tell your neighbor's neighbor, plant your feet. You will never see a plant grow if it's not established in the soil. It's not going to grow. Amen. A seed that's just out there, you go buy. How many, how many grow, grow like plants? You grow, grow stuff. Raise your hand high. All right. I want to see whose house I need to go over. Amen. Because if something ever hit this nation, we need to know where to go. Amen. Because I can't go to Harris Teeter. Glory God, I got to go to your house. So I need to know that. No. But but how many of you know that when you when you plant something for for a couple of what days maybe even weeks you don't see anything growing. Y'all with me? It's planted. The roots are growing. All kind of things are happening underground that are going to bring life over the ground. But you can't really see it now. Amen. Can I tell you that that's what some of our our problems is? We're getting frustrated because we don't see anything growing out. But we don't realize there's some things growing in. See, we're looking, we're, we're frustrated because nothing's growing out. But sometimes before it can grow out, it's got to grow in. I had a, 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 a more experienced pastor tell me one time, he said, he said, what God's going to, he said, I said, give me a word. I'm always giving people, give me a word. Amen. He said, what God's, he said, what God's going to do in you is going to be greater than what he does through you. I said, wow. I took it. Amen. Because, see, a lot of us want outward success, but sometimes we don't have a lot of inward success. If your soul is messed up, it don't matter how much money you got. Come on now. Somebody say, it, it can make my soul a little happier. Yeah, temporarily. I had to do that because I know y'all think, y'all very analytical. So here's the thing. This, 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 this is all I'm saying. So, so we plant in the ground. We got to keep it in the ground. We can't keep uprooting it every like every day, like nothing's growing and just throwing it away. We, we got to keep it stable. We have to keep it planted. We got to keep it committed to the ground. And so, and, and we even talk about that in, in like funerals. We say the, the body what? Committal, right? We're committing the body to the, the ground. And so there's some, there's some things that I believe we have to do as believers really to make sure that, that, that we are seeing the fullness of God. We also talked last week uh, in Matthew 13, I believe it was, how Jesus said we are seeds that he's sowing into the world. And so we ourselves literally are seeds that he's sowing into the world. And so it says right here, uh, where, where are we? We're in 2 Corinthians 9, 2 Chronicles 9, 16 verse 9. Great. It says the eyes of the Lord, stay right here, the eyes of the Lord do what? They're searching the whole earth in order to do what? To strengthen those whose hearts are what? So, okay, look at those words. So, strengthen those who are what? Fully committed. So, the strength comes to those who are what? Committed. It's, it, committed to him. And then he says, he says some other things, which is, don't feel good, but he talks about what a fool. And he says, and let me show this in the Amplified version, because I want to show you another version of this Amplified. It says, Amen. Thank God. Second, Second Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, in the Amplified. Amen. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9. Great. It says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to do what? In behalf of those whose hearts are what? 
So God wants to show himself strong. He's looking for people who are fully what? Committed to him. In other words, they fully planted their feet. It goes back to that example I gave you. I, that man could not punch as he could not punch beyond his plant. Y'all ain't talking to me. So his plant determined his power and his punch. And so God is, I believe, wanting some people to say, listen, regardless of what you see, regardless of what you feel, regardless of what you know, I'm looking for some people who are going to fully commit. You, you believe I'm going to show up on the job if you just commit. You believe I'm going to show up in the family, show myself strong if you just commit. You believe I'm going to work out that financial situation if you will just, if you will just plan. I'm looking for somebody to show myself strong to. And a lot of us, can I be honest, we're, we're, we're waiting for a door to open, but can I tell you this? There are some doors that are, that are movement activated. Because I love Harris Teeter, I must bring Harris Teeter up. I've never touched the door at Harris Teeter. Probably never, unless I just wanted to, just wanted to touch the glass door. You know why I never had to touch a door at Harris Teeter? It, it opens. As soon as it senses me coming here, it opens up. And that's how some blessings are. There's some doors you don't even have to touch. Listen, I'm trying, I'm giving you a word. There's some doors you don't even have to touch as long as you just keep moving towards God's will. And some of us are waiting. We're, we're in the parking lot saying, I wish that door opened over at the front door. Let me in. It's not opening. Because guess what? You notice it don't open until you get about three feet away from it. And that's when it flies way open. And some of us are waiting for doors to open, but we're paralyzed. Are y'all with me? So there's some doors that, can I tell you this? I'm not going to declare it over you right now. There's some doors you're not going to even have to touch. The Bible says, I open a door that no man can close. Come on, Jesus will open the door. You don't even got to touch the doorknob. Amen. If you just find yourself in his will, he'll take care of the bill. Come on now. So he says, he says I'm looking for somebody who I can show myself strong to. Who, I, I believe he, even in some of your lives, there's some people he wants to show, open up some doors for, but you got to fully plant. You got to fully commit. You got to fully start. You got to get out the car. Amen. I don't care what just happened in your past. I don't, it doesn't matter what, who, who betrayed you, who lied on you. Come on, who stole from you. You got to get up out the car. You can't let depression keep you in the bed. You got to get up out the car and you got to walk in the, y'all ain't talking, you got to walk in the grocery store. You got to walk in the blessing. You got to walk in his favor. You got to walk in his, but you got to get out the car. Tell you, get out the car. So you can't stay in the parking lot. Amen. And, and I believe that a lot of us, if that be, we be honest, we're just sometimes paralyzed by our past. And so I say all that to say that there is a time to plant and there is a time to harvest. But there are some things that hold us back from making the plant. And, and, and one of those things are the maybes in life. Say the maybes. Now I'm making up a word. So for you English buffs, I'm sorry. I'm just going gonna, gonna to frustrate you today. Amen. My mom is an English teacher, so I know we'll have a conversation after service. But for now, I'm teaching. But there's some maybes in life. What does the word maybe mean? Possibly. Now, for those of you who say, God is sure, he's never uncertain. You're right. The Bible says all the promises in Christ are yes and amen. The promises are there. But how many know we still face situations that seem uncertain? And can I be honest? God doesn't always give you the clear answer. Because even if you look at the word, it says that we prophesy in part. He doesn't show you the whole picture. What happens when God keeps some information from you? 
Look at what it says in Acts, Acts chapter 20, verse 21. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I have to learn how to deal with the maybes in life. Look at what it says in Acts chapter 20, because we're talking about planning, but sometimes it's hard to plant and commit when you got a lot of maybes in your life. And it says, verse 21, it says, I have, I have had one message for, the Jew, for Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God and of having faith in who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 22 says, and now I am what? Bound. He said, I'm, I'm bound. I'm bound. In other words, I like to say, I'm committed. Look at what he says. I am bound by the Spirit to go to where? He says, I, what? I don't know what awaits me. Let's just stop right there. This is Apostle Paul saying, I don't know some stuff. He said, I'm still committed, but I, I'm committed without all the knowledge. Are y'all with me? He said, I don't know what's really going to happen, but I'm still bound. See, there are moments in our life where we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if the person is going to live or the person is going to die. We don't know if we're going to be able to keep the job or they're going to fire us. But one thing we got to be certain about is our commitment to Christ. We got to have our feet planted regardless. And he says, I don't know what awaits me. Verse 23. Then he says, he says, except that the Holy Spirit tells me, this is the little bit of information he gave me, at least for now. The Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. He said, that's the only ounce of information he's given me. Y'all with me? It gets quiet. Because a lot of us don't like talking about that. But can I tell you this? If we can commit in the bad times, we know we can commit in the good times. If we can plant when it's sunny and the sun is burning us up on the outside, we know we can plant in the cool days where it's 70-degree weather. Amen. See, so it says right here, he says, I, 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 don't, I don't really know what lies ahead except this. But then he comes to a moment where he does say this. Where he, I believe in the, the process of him talking, he finds out something. He says, verse 24, he says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I do it. What? Use it for finishing the work. What's your, actually, what's your work? Assign me by, by my intellect, by my opinions, by what the world says? No, by what Jesus told me to do. He says, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace. Even if our plant means we die, that means we never live. We don't get to see the job come. We don't get to see the business come. We're still going to commit. Amen. That's when we get into true commitment, full commitment. Say full commitment. So let me go really quickly because I know we're running out of time. And as, as, we're, as we're going to uh, Daniel chapter 3, just turn your eyes down to the, the next scripture afterwards. It's about a group of Hebrew boys. Uh, you know, maybes, another way of saying maybes is uncertainties. The things in our life that we're just, we're not certain about, we're not sure about. And, and, and let me just talk real with you. There are a lot of things that I believe, I believe it makes it hard for us to commit when there are a lot of uncertainties. For instance, uh, if you, I'm going to show you how much we don't like uncertainty and, and how much we don't like maybe. Uh, let's say you go, you go on an interview. How many of you have ever been on an interview on a job, for a job? 
and you get to the final process where you're about to sign a contract, and you look at the contract, and every other word says, maybe. I'm just trying to make it real, just so you get it. Every other word says, might be, if we feel like it. You're going to get seven grand a month if we think about it. If we remember. Tell your neighbor, say, that's, that's too many ifs. Say, I got bills to pay. Amen. But, but, but what, what's everybody's main idea? It's hard to sign or commit to something that's iffy, that has a lot of maybes involved. What about uh, for, 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 for those who are married and even those who are moving towards marriage? What if when you got to the wedding day, a uh, person said their vows and they said, um, to death do us part if I feel like it. But sickness or health, maybe. Say maybe. Uh, yeah, and I will love you for the rest of my life, maybe. Can you, it, it's hard to marry a maybe. Tell your neighbor, say it's hard to marry a maybe. It's, it's hard to commit to a maybe. And I know marriage is a touchy issue because there are different stories for different people in this room and not condemnation, but it's just hard to commit when there are a lot of maybes surrounding us. You're sitting back and you're watching a movie and you're trying to have, a, you know, that moment with your special somebody and you say, do you love me? And I mean, the mood is just right. The music is playing in the background, everything. And they say what? That, that just messes up the whole moment. That just messes up. <laughs> just, just. That's just y'all see how y'all see how how much how powerful a maybe is. You you want to leave the movies after that. And I'm gonna tell you, as far as the east is from the west, y'all gonna be sleeping, amen. That night, y'all ain't getting close after that maybe, amen. That maybe got to become a yes, just like some people say it's either a yes or no question. Just tell me. Like people like to answer maybe. I don't know. Maybe I maybe I do you. You know that old person, I saw him on your Facebook page liking, saying they like that page, like your picture. Y'all don't still talk, do y'all? Maybe. That just, that, just, that just messes up everything. And I know that's touchy, but that, it's hard to commit. It's, it's hard to commit when there are a lot of maybes involved. That's all I'm trying to say, y'all. Y'all the ones who maybe give all these examples. So, so, so you, you, get on, you, get on, you get on a roller coaster, and you say, um, is this thing safe? And your kid's about to get on it too, and they say, the dude just says nonchalant, maybe. You're not, you're not getting on that roller coaster. Stay in the neighbor, the power of a maybe. Power of a maybe. So maybes can, they can, they can mess us up mentally. I mean, we can get all out of whack because of maybes. You say, you're about to go buy a car, and they say, and you say, how do the, how do the brakes work? Do they, do they stop when I push the, maybe? You, you, you're not buying that car because <laughs> you can see yourself going to see Jesus early. And so we, we got we to gotta realize this, that maybes do kind of mess us up if, we, if we're honest. And I want to show you this just real quick. Just to show you some scripture, it says in uh, Daniel chapter 3, verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and uh, Abednego. Amen. Some people say Abednego, but you know, 
replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. Verse 17, it says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Verse 18, but even, but even if he what? In other words, there's a chance he might not. Guess what's going to happen? We want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never what? We will never serve. We will never serve even if he doesn't. Take next number, even if he doesn't. We will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue. You have what? Set up. So they were dealing with a potential maybe right there. And they said, even if he doesn't, guess what's going to happen? We're still going to serve God. We're not going to back down. There are, there are maybes that will come up in our life that we're going to have to overcome. And, and it, it's, it's for people who have certain personality types, we love to know what's going to happen. How many of you are very orderly? You like to have every minute planned out in your day. Raise your hand. Not anybody. Okay, let me get an hour, hour, hour. Every hour. But you at least want an hour. Your hour's planned. At work. Okay, let's say at work. All right. How many know that don't always happen? <laughs> but you guys still commit to being at, at, at work. Amen. You can't, y'all mess me up. Okay. You better stay there. You ain't going to have a job. Amen. So, but what I'm saying is this, is that we have to learn how to deal with the maybes. Matthew 10, verse 38. It says something in the Amplified. Amen. Thank God for his word. Amen. Matthew 10, verse 38. Jesus is talking in the Amplified version. He says this, and, and he who does not take up his cross and follow me or commit, cleave steadfastly to me, conforming wholly to my example in living and what? Jesus, why do you have to put if need be? Like if, if, if need be, dying also is not what? So if the occasion comes for death, whether it comes or not, I've got to be ready to die. Are y'all with me? See, see, like a lot of us want things to be certain. Like, Jesus, if I follow you, I'm never going to have to be martyred. I didn't promise you that. Maybe. Now, obviously, when Jesus talks, he talks, he talks settled. But what I'm saying is sometimes he don't tell you. Like, like, Lord, I would think if I followed you, I would never have to go to the doctor. And they say, I think we see something. And, and then they say, and then you say, now, how much longer do I have? You know, we don't like asking questions. How long? They say, you may have. We don't like that. And so, God, how am I serving you? And there are so many maybes in my life. Are y'all with me? I'm just telling you. Because that's what the three Hebrew boys, they said, even if he doesn't do it, we're not serving the devil. We're not serving money. We're not going to sacrifice or compromise anything. We're going to continue to what be bound, like Paul said, to God's mission. So what do maybes do? I believe there's a couple things maybes can do. And I got it down here. Maybes can provoke impatience. Say impatience. Impatience. So it can make you impatient. It can make you anxious. Say anxious. So that means, how I many know I mean, you get fidgety? Amen. When you don't know what's going to happen, you get fidgety. You start making moves that we really shouldn't make. It's like when we go up to the stoplight, and the stoplight is taking too long. And we say, this thing, I don't even, I don't even know if it's working. It may not be working. 
How many of you know the police know if it's working or not? So you say it may not be working. So what do you do? You get impatient, and what do you do? You just, and as, so, as soon. As, now, some of y'all got away with it. We're not talking about y'all today. Because some of y'all done done some stuff in your life. I'll be honest, I did it probably this one time. I count on my hand. Amen. <clears throat> it's very interesting. That stop like right there every every Sunday. I know I have to be careful because the saints are something. They say, I saw a blue Jeep Cherokee going. But anyway, that's another story. Come back. All right, I will. So here's the thing. So that stoplight is is it's just red too long. How many of you have been a red? It's just too, it's, you just you've been red too long. It's just it's just way too long. I mean, city of High Point, what's going on? I mean, it's just, and then you say, you look around. You shouldn't be looking around. You know that ain't right. <laughs> you move up a little bit. You don't go all the way because the Holy Spirit's still on you. He convicted you. Then you move out halfway. You're in the middle of the street. Like, well, I might as well go. I mean, Jesus, God, Jesus said either you'd be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out. So I, let me just choose a, So you jump out. As soon as you jump out, here, here come the police. He said, how you doing? I was watching you the whole time. Did you know you were right? They always ask you, did you know? Yes, I knew. I knew what I was doing. Okay, so it makes you impatient. Samuel, not Samuel, but Saul. There's a story. I won't go there. There's a story about King Saul. I believe he got a little impatient because he was supposed to be waiting for, for Samuel to come and do something. He waited seven days. He said, I've been waiting seven days. And Samuel showed up late. And, uh, and, and when he showed up, basically Saul overstepped his boundaries. If you don't know Saul was a king in Israel, he overstepped his boundaries. He ended up sacrificing something he should have never sacrificed before the time. And Samuel said, because of this, the Lord has given another man this kingdom. It was King David. He lost the kingdom because he got impatient. He couldn't wait for the Lord. How many know it's good to wait at stoplights? Amen. Red lights, whatever. So, th- th- so we, need to, we need to wait. But so maybes can provoke. I, and I believe maybe, say maybe. I believe maybe Saul, when he was waiting there, he said, maybe, maybe Samuel was lying. Maybe Samuel won't show up. Maybe God won't come through. So uh, let me go and talk to this person who's already married, because maybe God won't come through. Maybe, maybe I should stop giving to the church, because maybe God won't come, what, through. So you make a move that we later regret, and tell your neighbors and neighbor, I don't want to wreck for nobody. Maybes can provoke, here we go, maybes can provoke hesitancy. They can, they, can, they can cause us to be hesitant. In other words, they cause us to be paralyzed. I don't really know because so, I don't know. I don't want to make, uh, make a move. So on one end, some people, when there's things that are not lining up, they make a move. Other people say, I'm not doing anything. And, and we see this in Esther, the book of Esther. If we go to verse 10, poor verse 10. I got the scripture on there. Esther was a woman that was called by God, I believe, to go and deliver her people, Israel, from the oppression of uh, their leadership, King Xerxes. And really, if you look at this story, we can go there really quickly. Verse 10 says in the New Living Translation, then Esther told Hathok, say Hathok, told him to go back and relate his message to Mordecai. And this is where we're going to really rest for the rest of the service. Verse 11, all the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being what? Is what? Unless, say unless. Which, that's, a, that's a big maybe. 
unless the king holds out his scepter and the king's the, the king has not called for me to come to him for 30 days. Okay, so what Esther was dealing with, if you don't know, uh, there was a man named Haman who was trying to destroy the Jewish people. And he just, he didn't like the people of God, and so he tried to destroy them. And basically word got to Mordecai that this was going to happen. Mordecai got the word to Esther, who had then been elevated as a queen, basically because of her beauty. God used her beauty and elevated her, promoted her to a place of being a queen. Amen. So she was, she was, she was nice with it. Say so she was nice with it. Amen. And so she was an Instagram model all day. Amen. And so she was, she was queen, not queen B, but queen E. Amen. And so she was up in there. And so queen E was in position to where she had influence with the king. And Mordecai said, hey, they about to wipe us out. And, and, and the only way I can help you to get this is uh, in, if we go back a couple hundred years ago, uh, it, the only way I can say it is she, he said basically, hey, uh, was I hers? They about to hurt us. And so Queen Esther heard it, and uh, when she heard that, 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 that Uncle Bobo's wanted her to talk to Master So-So, uh, she said, you know, uh, I don't really know about talking to Master because <laughs> he ain't invited me to talk to him in the last 30 days. So I can't, I can't talk to him about delivering our people because, you know, the rules say you got to be invited. How many know you don't want nobody showing up at your house without being invited? So basically, she was saying, he hadn't invited me, so I'm not showing up at his house. Well, let me show you what I mean. Verse 12, keep going. So she said, basically, for 30 days, I haven't had a conversation with him. And she says, so Hathak gave Esther's message to Mordecai. Verse 13, Mordecai sent this reply to Esther, don't think for a moment that because you're in the what? Or in other words, because you're in the house. That because you're in the palace, you will escape when all us get killed. So she said, when all the other what? Jews are what? Look at what, look what Esther does. Verse 14. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your what? Who knows if what? Perhaps maybe you were made queen for, such a, for just such a time as this. Verse 15. Look at what happens. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and gather together. See, she got serious then. What happened the first time? She was hesitant. No, I don't know. I ain't been called in in 30 days. But look at what she's about to say right now. Go and gather everybody together, and we're going to have a fasting service, a prayer and deliverance service. All, all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do what? So she called a fast. At first, she was hesitant to answer the call. She didn't want to bring deliverance to the Jewish people because she was like, hey, there's, there, there's too much of a risk. Oh, there we go. There's too much of a risk to commit to God right now. It's too much of a risk. There's too much of a risk. And I'm going to tell you right now, you all, let me say this to you. The Holy Spirit didn't come to, to comfort us in comfortable situations. He came to comfort us in uncomfortable situations. Come on now. You, we as believers need to learn how to take risks. Say, take a risk. Okay, so it says, he says, so go and gather together all the Jews of Susa, because I'm about to take this risk. I'm about to commit to this. I'm about to plant to this. 
Even though, be honest, it, it really is putting me in, 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 in harm's way. I'm going to commit to this and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is what? Though it is against the culture, the law. It, it's against the law. I will go in to see the king. And this is what she says. If I will what? What are you so committed to that you'll say the same thing she said? If I got to die doing this, I'll die trying. Tell your neighbor's neighbor, commitment in uncertain times. She didn't know. She really, she really didn't know. She could have she been destroyed. And so maybe it's the last thing I got on here is maybe it can provoke you to run from your calling. They, they, they can. It doesn't mean they will. They have to, but they can. So with closing thoughts, I want to give you five thoughts to consider when you face a, a maybe, a maybe. We should plant number one or commit on the basis of God's word. I will commit in uncertainty if I know what God has called me to do. Tell your neighbor's neighbor, you need a word. Because God will back his word. He will not back opinions. He will not back customs, but God will do what? He will back his what? His word. Psalms 1 verses 1, it says, Psalms 1 verse 1 tells us, it says, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the what? Advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Verse 2, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it what? Day and night. That's the word. Tell you, that's the word. And it says, verse 3, it says, they are like what? Trees that are what? Planted along the river bank. I believe the word brings you near the river. Amen. It says near, what's, what's the river? It's the source of, a source of nutrients. You need water, amen, to grow. Bearing fruit each what? season. If you just get around the Word, you don't have to worry about fighting for position. If you just, if you just get around the Word, He's going to position you beside a river. Come on now. And it says their leaves never, they, look, they never, they never wither. And it says, and they prosper in all that they do. Everything they do. Tell your neighbor, everything. Everything they do. So we should plant on the basis of God's word. I think about Isaac. There was a famine going on, and Isaac planted in famine. And the Bible says in verse 12, Genesis 26, that God gave him a hundred times as much as what he had planted. But he planted it on the basis of a word because God told him to stay in Gerard. Now, for those of you that don't know, I want to make this kind of practical because we got to land this plane. How many know that God sometimes, for those of you that don't know, Egypt was the place to go. Egypt was like you trying to become an actor, so move to Hollywood, right? If you, if you want to get into the drama industry, you go where? Hollywood. You don't stay in Dakota, in North Dakota. Amen. God told him, stay in North Dakota. He said, I'm going to bless you in North Dakota. It didn't make sense, though, God, because if I go down to Egypt, I already know some people that got connections. 
Y'all ain't talking to me. I already know some people that got some jobs lined up for me. I got family members there. See, see, I'm certain about this, but what you're telling me right now, I don't, I'm not really certain about. But how many know that, that God's word is more, is more powerful than people's connections? Oh, let me say it again. How many know that God's word is more powerful than people's connections? Because when all else fails, his word will remain. Can I get it? Can I get an amen? So really, this is what he said. He said, listen, when Isaac planted that year, the Bible says that they had a hundred times as much when he planted. Where? In a place of famine. Because can I tell you this? When you have favor, famine doesn't matter. Can I tell you this? Can I tell you this? I'm going to say something to you. See, some of you are so, you're so set on favor being around you instead of favor being on you. You didn't get what I'm saying. See, I don't need an environment that's favorable if I've got the favor on me. Because wherever I go, the favor shows up. I can have an oasis in the desert because why? The favor is on me. How many, how many of you back in the day, or some of you still maybe now, you, you, you were the life of the party. Amen. If it was dead, it was going to resurrect. Why? Because you showed up. They might have been wallflowers. They come off that wall when you get there. They say, yeah. See, wherever you go, the, the party got started. Amen. And that's how favor is. See, your, your business can be failing, but when you show up on the scene, God will release favor on, a, on your whole business and prosper them for your sake because you are the life. Tell your neighbor, you're the life of the party. Yeah. Joseph showed up. So that's why we need a word because where we know his word is, that's where we know his favor is going to show up. And God told, he told Isaac, he said, brother, stay here. He gave him a word. And so Isaac planted. He lived. He said, you'll be a foreigner. That means people might not even know you, but plant here in Gerar. And, and so he did, and he got, he, got, he got multiplication back on what he gave. Here goes the other point I want you to remember about the maybes. Maybes cannot stop me when God is for me. My dad said, God is your number one supporter. Maybes cannot stop me when God is for me. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, if God is for me, who can be against me? In Romans chapter 8, verse 31, it says, what shall we say about these things? If God is for me, then who can be against me? Isn't that good news? That if God is for us, then who can be against That means, tell your neighbor, neighbor, you're unstoppable if God is for you. So Esther in Esther chapter 5, verse 2, goes in to the king's presence. Because we're going to stay in line with that story about Esther. Esther 5, verse 2. She goes in. She eventually, she tells her people to fast. And she tells them to, you know, do what they do. And, and she moves into the king's presence. Now, again, she has not seen him for 30 days. She has not been invited. Because when you come into a king's presence, you have to be invited. You have to be selected. That's why I believe it's so important to realize the grace that Jesus has given us, that we can come boldly in the presence of God because of the blood that's been shed. The Bible says we are a chosen generation. Y'all ain't talking to me. We have been selected by the grace of God to come into the king's presence. Come on. Give a shout of praise to Jesus for that. So this is, this is, what, this is what happens. She, she, she wasn't selected to come in, but she still came in anyway. She needed favor in this moment. It says when he saw Queen Esther standing there in the inner court, he welcomed her and held out what? The gold scepter. And it says to her, so Esther approached and touched the end of the scepter, and, and, it, and it says, verse 3, verse 3, it says, then the king asked her, what do you want, Queen Esther? What is your what? Oh, this is sounding good already. So you mean, I was just thinking that I could die if I showed up unannounced. 
But I'm getting in and you talking about what, I, what do I want? You asking me what do I want? You see how the tide can change? You remember I told you earlier, if you just start moving towards the door, it'll open up. See, see, she didn't know what was happening, but while she was trying to figure it out, God was already working it out. But she, she had to move. And so she, when she went up to the door of Harris Teeter, I'm sorry, when she went up to King Xerxes, he said, he said what is your request? Because God is looking for people to show himself strong to, but you got to fully commit. I'm giving you scripture. So it says, what is your what? Okay. What kind of job you want? What kind of business do you want? Okay. What, what do you want? It's powerful when, when God asks you. If God asks, what do you want? Now, he said, this is a king saying, one king of kings. It was one of the kings. He says, well, I will give it to you even if it's what? You mean I get 50%? I get 50% of this thing if I want it. And I was just talking to my, my family member, talking about how you ain't talked to me for 30 days and why I can't have a conversation with you and I'm the queen and stuff. And I just simply fully commit. I plant. And as soon as I plant, favor is released. He's about to give me up to half the kingdom if I want it. See, some of you, you don't see the other side of this thing. You're just stuck on one side. You say, well, what if maybe? Well, what if God does heal them? Well, what if God does deliver? What if God does save that person you've been trying, if you just step out and witness to them? What if God does bring breakthrough? What if God, what if, what if God does take care of your finances if you give radically tonight and supersede? What, what, what if God does? See, we, we got to just fully commit. We got to plant. Take that and say, we got to plant. Verse 4, verse 4, and Esther replied, if it please the king, let the king and Haman come today to what? A banquet I had prepared for the king. So I believe she was still a little hesitant because she didn't get to the point. The point was, I'm about to wipe out your people. Why are you inviting me to a banquet? But she was moving into that thing. She, she, she kind of asked him one little question. Then you'll see later on where she asked another question. She says, when he got to the banquet, she said, now can you spare my people? And then later on she said, can you reverse the decree you gave to wipe out my people? See, can I tell you this? As you commit to God, everything's not going to always come overnight. It's not going to come overnight. Like your, your joy, your peace is not going to come overnight per se. Your healing, your deliverance is not going to come overnight. The business, the job is not going to come overnight. But as I stay planted in my calling to, to go and set my people free, surely, slowly but surely, God is going to begin to cause fruit of deliverance to spring up. God is going to begin to cause fruit of ideas to spring up. As I stay, say name, say name, stay committed. Stay committed. Stay committed. So she, she asked him that, and that was awesome, and that was good and stuff, and God started moving. And so it's important that we just, we just realize that no one can stop me when God is for me. He'll even, he'll, he'll change, listen to me closely, he'll change the heart of your boss. He'll change the heart of leadership. People getting so, oh, I just, oh, the government, this, oh. Don't you know he can give them a dream at night and say, don't touch them. Don't mess with them. And God can change the heart of even great leaders. It says, verse number three, it says, plant even if you do not perceive provision. Just because it's, you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. There's, there's, there's rivers. We know about rivers. But then there's also some underground water. Y'all ain't talking to me. See, there's, 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 there's provision on the surface, but then there's underground provision. And see, some of us, we always want provision that we can see. Oh, don't you see that river? It's just flowing so nicely. Glory to God. But there's also some water, I believe, that, has, that roots have to go deep to get. 
it's it's, 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 it's underground. Jeremiah 17, verse, verse 8 tells us something. It, it tells Jer- Jeremiah 17, verse 8. Can I go there real quick? Can I, can I go there real quick? And I got two more points. So I'm going to get out your way. It says they are like trees, what? Planted along a riverbank with roots that reach down into the waters. And it says these trees are not bothered by the what? And they're not worried by what? So even if it's a drought, guess what happens? They stay green. How many know you don't have to look like what you've been through? Now, in this case, they were beside a riverbank. But he said, even if it's a drought, guess what? Their leaves stay green. And they never, look, I like that. There there it goes again. They never stop being fruitful. They never, I, I don't know how. I didn't have a job for the last six months, but every bill keeps being paid. I, I, you know what? I, I, I was, I, I had a lot of people to betray me, but I still got joy in my heart. I don't know how. I, I still love people. I still smile at people. Cause you would think with all I've been through, I would, I want to frown. You ain't talking to me. But because I stayed planted, the fruit kept coming. Y'all ain't talking to me. Because I stayed planted, the fruit kept coming. So, if I'm unconditionally planted, I will have unconditional fruit. So, four, planting in God's will always produces. It'll always produce. You will always produce. Jesus says, abide in me and I'll abide in you. You'll produce much fruit. And again, fruit is not always external, but it's internal. But tell your neighbors and neighbor, we got to keep this in mind when we're facing a maybe. And that's why it's so important to, first of all, find what God is saying about you so that you can find out what God's will is for you. Because I believe this, if it's God's will then it is God's bill. Hebrews 13 verse 21 says, he has equipped you, he has helped you to do everything as it relates to God's will. May he equip you with all you what? Need for doing his what? So his backing comes when he sent you somewhere. God will never send us to do anything for him without backing him, backing us. He will never. He asked the disciples, he says, when I sent you out, he said, did you lack anything? They said, no. And then he said, but now I'm telling you what, I ain't going to do the same thing. I don't have that grace in your life. Now you need to take a swore with me. But the point that I want to give you is that if it's God's will, then it's what? God's bill. Esther went up into that, that, the king's presence, knowing she could have died, knowing she could have been killed. But when she got up in there, God started providing. God started making a way. She couldn't see it initially. She didn't know what was happening. I think also about those other guys. Y'all remember those guys? What were those men named called? The, um, the lepers? You remember the king, the lepers? The four lepers? They said, why well, sit here till we die? And when they got up and started moving, go back and read the story if you never read it. it they said, go back. They said, they said, they said they started moving. And the Bible says God caused them to sound like a mighty army. And though they couldn't see what was happening, when they showed up, there was all this food waiting for them. Provision was waiting for them. Because sometimes we like to see how God's going to work it out. See, can I tell you this? Sometimes it's good enough just to know he's going to work it out. Even if you don't know how he's going to work it out. See, some of us are control freaks. Y'all ain't talking to me. We are micromanagers, even with God. Amen. We try to micromanage God. Now, God, how you going to do this? And when you going to do this? How you go? And what day you going to do this? And what time you going to do this? God said, whoa, 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 whoa. The breath you breathing was talking to me with, I gave it to you. Now, control that. Amen. I'm just saying, we even try to, we control everybody. Because you know what? It's, a, it's a really a fear. It's a fear thing. You control when you fear. 
Because if I control it, then I won't be, I won't have any surprises. How <laughs> I many you know sometimes God will take you through life and you'll have to face some surprises? You mean to tell me that, yeah, surprise. You you tell you mean to tell me at, at 24 years old, you, you never would have thought that your dad would transition? No. I thought he would still be here now, probably. Nobody ever wakes up at two years old and say, my dad's going to die at 58 years old. And there were people praying. And I would even venture to say there were people fasting and turning over. We had call after call. Can I even be honest with you? Even after my dad transitioned, we had a call for his resurrection. But you know what? You still got to commit even if God doesn't. You mean to tell me I'm going to have to go pastor people who are twice my age now? Yes. Commit. Well, I, I, I'm kind of still young, and they kind of more seasoned. You like, I learned over years, I've learned. Yeah, you commit. Plant your feet. Because the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And it even goes even further and says that he shouldn't expect anything from the Lord. We want divine intervention without full commitment. And God's maybe saying that if you just commit, I'm giving you a word. I know you can't see it, and I know it don't feel good, because them seasoned people might talk to you and say, boy, now what you doing? But if you just commit, even though you might not have their same background, Josh, just c- commit. Even if they don't look like you, even if they, don't, they weren't raised in the same type of family you were. God, I don't know. I can't relate to everybody. There's, some, there's a lot of issues to deal with in the church. He said, he said, yeah, he said, but still commit. I'll give you the wisdom. I'll still pr- produce the fruit of wisdom when you need it. You'll have the word for them when they need it. And I said, wow. I said, that's interesting. I said, because, God, I used to deal with youth. I like that. I'm certain about that. I'm older than them, so I know more than they do. He said, he said no, no. He said, he said stretch out. That's the problem. Can I tell you this? A lot of us think our calling is confirmed by our comfort. It's not. We think the only form of confirmation for our calling is comfort. When God called Moses, he brought up a million excuses for why he couldn't deliver them. He said, I can't talk, God. I, I trip over my tongue. And then God asked him, he said, who made your mouth, boy? You better go with your talking bad problem. You better, you better go with your, some people might, some people say, well, it wasn't stuttering. Well, your tongue problem. You better go and still speak because I will anoint you in the process. The disciples were not the, were not the pick of the litter. They weren't, they, they weren't the best people. But when they got through hanging out with Jesus, they said, I could tell these men have been with Jesus. See, some of you are waiting to get perfect before you plant. You didn't hear what I said. But Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4 says that a person who waits for perfect weather to plant will never plant. You know why? You know, you know what the other side of that is? There will never be a perfect moment. I start serving in the church when, when my finances get perfect and my family gets perfect and I come home and my kids say, Dad, I finished all my homework today. And, and my dog comes up and just says, roof, 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 gets two barks and no more than that. I mean, Y'all remember what I said last week, like coming to America, my wife was saying, whatever you say, whatever you do. That's perfect. 
That's perfect. Uh, come in, my, bo- my boss say, you know what? You just done so great today. I'm just going to give you two bonuses in one day. I'm going to give you done. That's perfect. But the Bible says in so many words, there will never be a perfect moment to plant. And some of us are waiting. We believe that when it gets perfect, then we'll plant. But you got to plant when it's still being per- perfected. The Bible says, I'll perfect that which concerneth you. So you, you, you got to still plant even when everything's not working out for you. When you don't even know what, where your next, y'all ain't talking where your next ch- paycheck is going to come. You got to still plant even now. Y'all ain't talking to me. You got to still plant when, it, when you don't know when you're going to get married. You don't even got any candidates. You still got to plant and say, God, I'm going to serve you even if I'm single and it seems like my phone is dry. I'm still, y'all ain't talking I'm still. I ain't got nobody dropping in my DMs, but I'm still, like, I'm still going to plant. Y'all don't know what that is. Some people do. I can't perceive my provision, but I'm still going to plant. Because your punch is only as powerful as your plant. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you understand that we're going to have to deal with these maybes. Can I be honest with you? Because, because I know, I know, they're, they're, what, can I ask you a question? Could you still serve God even if he doesn't? And you fill in the blank? Even if he doesn't give you the business you want? Even if he doesn't give you the job you want? It's quiet. But it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to serve a God without strings attached. But if the truth be told, he's given us so much already. If he never does anything else for us. It's amazing because Jesus has died for people that have not received his sacrifice, but he's still committed. He paid for everybody, but not everybody's going to be saved. But he's still committed 100%. He committed for every molester. He committed for every rapist. He committed for every person who would lie, for every fornicator. He committed to everybody. He committed, he committed for the sake of everybody's redemption, but he won't have 100% return but he's still committed. I got to have a 100% return. Well, what if he don't give it to you? I'm going to turn this way because I'm going to tell you that's the real deal. You mean to tell me, God, I can slave for you for years, and even after that, people still may reject me? Yes. They still may fire me? Yes. But when they fire me, if you're in my will, I'll provide for you. I'll become your boss. I'll become your supervisor. That means if I'm in a wilderness, that you'll, you'll cause biscuits from Biscuitville to come flying down from heaven? Yeah, because you don't need a Biscuitville. All you need is heaven. Y'all ain't talking to me. I, it's called heavenly biscuits. Check it out. Amen. It's coming, coming soon. Amen. So, 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 so planning in God's will always produce. And here goes, here goes the number five. This is what Esther did. I believe this. I will, not allow, I will not allow a maybe to rule my life. I will not allow a maybe to rule my life. You're going to have maybes, but I won't allow it to control me. Esther said, if I die, then let me die. She said, if it happens, it happens. But I'm telling you one thing I'm going to do. I'm going to commit. I'm going to plant my feet regardless into this situation. I'm going to plant my feet. My dad, years ago, he, he went to go purchase a property for land that didn't perk. It wasn't a perfect piece of land, but my dad committed to that land, and he moved forward with it, and that place eventually became the Balboa Street location for Evangel Fellowship. 
and how many people got saved in that location? How many people got healed? How many people got delivered? Because he chose to plant even when it wasn't a perfect ground. Y'all ain't talking to me. So, so, so what is it that's not perking for you right now? I mean, what is it in your life that's not lining up, that's a maybe, that's trying to control you in fear, trying to control you? The Bible says be anxious for nothing. But with everything, with prayer and thanksgiving, what is it that's trying to hold you back from God's calling because you can't figure it out? That's what we need to put on the altar to say and say, God, even if you don't, I know what I'm going to do. Even if, even if it's not clear what's going to happen in my life financially and my family and, 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 and in my health in the next few years, I know one thing I'm going to do for sure. This is for sure. This is not a maybe. I'll say yes to you. I'll say yes to you. I'll say yes to you. Because here's the thing. God, there's, there's some ultimates that all are going to be obvious. Like, if you're saved, you're going to heaven. We know we're going to end up in heaven. That, and that's the good news as a believer. No matter what happens here on earth, if you want perfection, you're going to see it one day. But in the meantime, that's the difficult part. I like to talk to you down here on the earth, too. In the meantime, they done sent out an email that said in the next three months, they're going to start dropping people off. God, I... I'm just trying to figure out, like, what do I need to do? Commit, plant. Because even when there's drought, you'll still produce fruit. Even when there's drought, you'll still have green leaves, which means you'll be healthy. Because my environment doesn't dictate me. My God controls. And I will never get more power than my environment than the God who lives on the inside of me. You don't need the right environment. Really, you don't. You just need to know that God is for you and God's with you. And God will bring you through every famine. God will bring you through every type of, of, of lack that you have. And he'll say, I'll be the provider. That person really won't provide the whole time anyway. You thought they were, but they weren't. And, and so even today, as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, we're closing. Some of you, you're facing maybes. You're facing some maybes. You're facing, you're facing things that are... You say, if I, if I, God, if I keep serving you in the way that I am, it's going to be high risk. But I just want to, I want to settle your hearts today to know that while it's real, we all have those challenges. We all have those fears. We all have those worries. What if, what if I can't get the tuition paid for my child? What if they can't go to college? We all have those, those fears. It might not be the same factors, but it's the same, same heart that we can all feel. But God is still calling for us to commit. He's still calling for us to plant. Even in a famine, even in the drought, to plant and believe that God's blessing and favor is going to be worth a lifetime of labor. Some of you today, you, you're like Esther. You're making up excuses, and we all can. I, I can make up excuses really every day of my life, just in different parts of my life. But you know what? At the end of the day, if God's called me, I've got to believe that if he's for me, he's better than the whole world against me. You have the advantage we have the advantage in Christ. <laughs> We're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So if every head bowed, every eye closed. I know some of you are facing some challenges right now. You're facing some maybes. You're facing some I don't knows, and it might be. But, but here's the thing I'm going to tell you that's sure. All the promises in Christ are yes and amen. I'm going to tell you something that's sure. He is the truth. He is the way in the life. Let me tell you something that's sure. He loves you. Let me tell you that's something that's sure. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Let me, let, let me tell you what's sure. God is for you. God is a good God, and his mercy endures forever. I don't care how many bitter situations you walk through. He's still good, and he's still got a plan for you. That's what I'm going to tell you. Sure, we might not know all the details, but 
That's sure. So if every head bow, every eye closed. I'm going to count to three. If that's you today and you say, Pastor Josh, I just need prayer. I need you to pray for me. Pray with me. These maybes have got me off track. I got distracted and I want to come back and commit to what God has called me to do. I don't know specifically what it is, but you do. And so whatever it is, this is your opportunity. One, if you, get, if you say that's me, I want you to get ready. When I count to three, just slip your hand up. I'm going to pray for you, pray with you. Two. And when I say three, slip your hand up. I'm going to pray with you, pray for you. Three, slip your hand up. I'm going to pray with you, pray for you, if that's you. Just raise your hand up high. I'm going to pray with you, pray for you. I see that hand right there. Is there anybody else? I see that hand right there. Is there anybody else? <clears throat> God is calling you today to commit, to commit, to commit even in uncertainty, to commit. A couple more seconds, if that's you, just slip your hand up and say, I need to be included in that. Maybe you used to follow the Lord, but the death of a loved one, the loss of a job brought you off track, and you're coming back today. If that's you, slip it up high. Slip it up high if that's you. Anybody else? Well, just pray this prayer with me. Why don't we stand on our feet? Come on. Lord, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy. Repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I commit, I plant in your word. I believe that, Jesus, you have taken my place on Calvary. You died for my sins, so I don't have to die for them. And, Lord, I ask you today to wash away all of my sin, all of my guilt, all of the condemnation. Forgive me, release me, and set me on the right path. Today I plant my feet. Today I plant my life in your cross, and I believe today that I will never be the same from this day forward because of what you're producing in me. No matter what my past is, no matter what my family history is, I believe you can start afresh today because I'm planting my life in you. And I thank you today that old things are passing away, and behold, all things are becoming new because I've made a plant, because I've made a plant, and I declare it is so in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, give a shout of praise to the Lord. Come on, give a shout of praise to the Lord. I'm planting, I'm planting my life. I'm planting my life in you. I surrender, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you. As deacons are coming, we thank you today, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you that you committed, even when everybody else broke their commitment, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give one more shout of praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to challenge you even for next week, for Connect Day. Those of you that have not joined the ministry yet for whatever reason, I know there are a lot of hiccups that people have in their minds these days when coming into ministries and joining and really connecting. But can I tell you this? I want to challenge you, wherever you go, to plug in for a year. I, I welcome you here, but I just want to challenge you to be here for a year with us. And if God doesn't change your life within a year, you can go wherever else you want to go. But I do challenge you to plan because I believe God is moving here. I believe God is changing lives here. But I believe we have to commit. We have to plan. So find a place to connect and commit. 
you for tuning in to this week's show. Were you empowered to become a team player? Let us know. Connect with us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian. Facebook, Triad Christian Center. And you can also visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you back next week to The Movement Podcast.